Hello and welcome back uh, on our continued coverage uh, here at uh, E3 2012 uh, with uh, Game Source. Uh, we are actually here with Neil and Mel from uh, Zen Studios. And uh, as we have Corey playing in the back. <laughs> I'll introduce Gerald first as he's here as well. <laughs> as well. He's busy. Is he's playing the new game from Zen Studios, Kickbeat? And well, what I wanted to ask you, Neil, is as creative designer, what is you know it's coming out on the Vita. You said maybe a three six months timeline. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah, possible. that sounds about right. Okay, um, it's a great download looking downloadable title. In fact, like I said, Corey can't keep his eyes off it. As going for that perfect score as we speak. But tell us a little bit more about the game in your own words, son. Well, we, uh, you know, we're all big fans of the uh, rhythm genre, and uh, you know, we've been playing games like uh, Parappa the Rapper and uh, you know, Rock Band and all all those types of things uh, for many years. And but we thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if uh, you know we made a game that instead of just um, bars and arrows and buttons um, and that kind of two D interface, we actually use three D characters as action cues, and um, we've done that with Kickbeat. We've uh, it's a beat matching game with a kung fu theme, and uh, so instead of uh, just uh, hitting bars and arrows, you're actually uh, fighting enemies. Well, and uh, from what I'm seeing, the story is just it just looks you know humorous, a little bit of tongue in cheek, but really, really looks like a fun time. And I like so Corey's like knee deep into it. It's coming out for the PlayStation Vita, um, guys. You said it was going to be around the ten dollar range. Is that correct? Yeah, we haven't announced a price yet, but it'll be in line with all of our other titles, which, yeah. 15, so. 20, lower, lower, lower. lower than 15, 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something in that, it actually, you know, right now, at any of those prices, it's an exceptional value. It's something definitely look forward to for all beta owners, like myself, um, and Corey coming up right there, so. And I know we were also discussing uh, very, very possible, uh, uh, also additional downloadable content as well. Well, yeah. not necessarily, but you were, I'm sorry. Yeah, so if people are into the game, then we'll definitely, you know, and they say, hey, we want uh, we want more songs, and yeah, we'll give them more songs. Um, but even without uh, downloadable content, we're um, giving people the ability to add new songs for free into the game um, with our music analyzer tool. Basically, just import songs from your music library, and the game will generate a track for you. With an already a very impressive soundtrack, as it sounds already, so... <laughs> And this is something definitely Vita fans could look forward to. Um, but before we let you guys go, is there anything else in the works that you can talk about that's in studios? Obviously, you guys have the great pinball epic series. I've got a great hit in Marvel Pinball. Doesn't hurt that you know Avengers is doing really well. So I, I know that's that's a. But um, is there anything else you could talk about as far as upcoming projects that that you know I know the fans out there of your studios would like to hear yeah definitely on the pinball side uh, the Marvel Pinball Avengers Chronicles pack uh, should release here at the end of June four brand new tables Avengers uh, based on uh, the the film uh, World War Hulk Fear Itself and the Infinity Gauntlet if you've seen the Avengers movie and you know, and you stay till the very end, you'll know that there's a character in the Infinity Gauntlet that you're going to want to know more about. I only make so much money from game stores, so I'm not sure if I'm going to have, a, or you can probably going to, my wallet will be empty after, <laughs> after, after all the Microsoft points I'm going to be spending. Totally. And that pack is releasing for Pinball FX 2 and uh, for Marvel Pinball. And very soon we'll release Zen Pinball 2 on PlayStation 3 and PS Vita. That's the cross 
platform entitled title. So you get to buy it once and you get it on both screens at no additional cost. If you already own Zen Pinball or Marvel Pinball, you get to uh, import your tables into Zen Pinball 2 for free. You get upgraded uh, graphics, physics, and a new social system. So the game experience will be much improved. Um, also on the pinball side, we're working with PopCap on a project that will release probably near the end of the summer. And we'll be making more announcements uh, on new brands and new IP that we're working on on the pinball side. It's going to blow your minds if you like pinball. So stay tuned for that. Well, I wanted to compliment you on the fact that you are going to incorporate the crossplay feature because, you know, um, seeing that the video come out, has come out, there's been so many fans waiting for more games. And we talked to them directly, and there's, there's just looking for a lot more games with that feature. And it's great that you're going to be able to provide that for your customers. We're heavily embracing that. We think it's great for, um, for the consumer. For people who own a Vita and a PS3, you want to take the game with you wherever you go. And, uh, and that's definitely what we want to enable. So, uh, you know, that's just the way we think about games. And uh, that's the way we want to treat people who buy them from us. Of course, it looks like he's uh, worked out a good sweat there. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody what an incredible game this is? Uh, it's very, very fun. Like, I actually finally got the hang of it and actually finished a song for once. So <laughs> it was very, very fun. I, I hope to see more pretty soon when it comes out. Well, gentlemen, uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, remember, you guys heard it first at uh, www.yourgamesource.com. We thank uh, uh, we thank Mel and we thank uh, <laughs> thank Neil uh, for their time. Uh, still chop liver. And Gerald for his time. <laughs> um, again, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. It was a, a fantastic opportunity to meet with you. We we hope that we can. Uh, Hope that we so appreciate that you, you gave us the time to, to do this interview today. Absolutely, so. Yeah, we appreciate it too. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, guys. Remember, uh, check us out at www.yourgamesource.com, and uh, hopefully we'll have this up. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. Your life force is running out. Here we are, guys, with our continued coverage from E3 2012. Um, I have a uh, gentleman here from Indie Games. Hey, my name is Joe Sclover. And uh, we're just going to go over a little bit of... Uh, some of this uh, this cool product line that hopefully we have coming out soon. Sure, sure, sure. Well, this is uh, Johann Sebastian Joust by Doug Wilson. He's uh, out in uh, Copenhagen. So, what's the general? Um, how do you how do you go about playing this exactly? Sure. Well, it's uh, a bunch of PlayStation Move controllers that are uh, paired with a laptop over there, and uh, that's kind of how it's set up. Uh, when the rules of the game are as follows. Uh, you need to protect your controller from being vibrated or jostled while trying to uh, jostle or vibrate your opponent's controllers. And then there's a music mechanic where uh, if the music is going quickly, your controller is less sensitive, so you are encouraged to move quickly. And if the music is going slowly, then you have to move slowly because your controller is very sensitive. And that's really the only rules to the game. Yeah, it seems like it's a pretty cool concept. I, I noticed that the PlayStation 3 is not really anywhere in sight, which I think is a pretty awesome. All hooked into a computer. Good deal. Um, well, we're going to bring some video to you here. Uh, Jamie's going to be recording. Uh, thank you, sir, for your time. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, guys, we are still over here at Indie Games. Uh, we have uh, Samantha here, uh, representative uh, for Indie Games uh, for Songlines. Why don't you t t uh, welcome, by the way. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about this game? Great. So, um, so my name is Samantha, and Songlines is a playable creation myth using the Kinect. So basically, you play this creator spirit, and you fly around and create a world through gesture. 
And uh, as Gerald's over here to my right here, uh, this game looks very, very impressive. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, do you have an anticipated release date? Gosh, well, that's actually my, my uh, graduate thesis. So it was a student prototype. Um, so depending on whether or not I'm going to publish or interested, and then it might be as soon as next year. Even more impressive. I don't know, but as cool as it looks, I think you have a lot of high hopes for this. So. Song types, as far as is concerned, different mu musical songs depending on the terrain that you're actually flying. Absolutely, over. yeah. Let me tell you about the music system. So it's a recombinant music system that has uh, it's it's basically 400 four-second loops um, that are separated into suites that are uh, associated with different terrain types. So you have the drum suite, which happens when you create mountains. You have the woodwind suite that happens when you create rivers. Um, and so depending on the instrument, uh, the terrain you choose, um, and the, you know, the distance of your hands from your body, and the Y, the y height of your hands, um, the music uh, gets more or less complex. So um, at any time, you hear like 25 loops going at once. So the whole, the whole soundtrack uh, is completely tailored to your experience. And there's a totally different suite at nighttime. So you might have heard the music just change drastically from like the sort of tribal, like joyful explosion, like awesome dance music. So like sort of a more contemplative, um, like downbeat, peaceful music at night. Well, now I know it's a little far out, of course, but uh, do you anticipate there being any kind of additional content or songs and things of that nature that you're able to import into it and kind of and map, map the terrain with? I think that would be wonderful. Right now, it's a, it's basically a sandbox. It's a, like a slice. But um, if we were to do a release, we would add a ton of content. Like, I'd love to make different types of terrain. Like, um, for example, if you had a, a watery, like an underwater level, then you could make, like, reefs and underwater volcanoes, and, like, the music would be completely different. Um, I'd love to add, uh, like, a mission structure, perhaps. Uh, like, you know, your, your goal is to do different types of stuff. Maybe, like, a land grab-style competitive multiplayer. So. One thing I wanted to ask is we talked to a developer yesterday, and one of the things they're going to be incorporating in their game is something where you can add your own music to it. Would that be something you might want to consider as well for yours as far as being able to add your own music as far as, to, as, far as for the experience? Yeah, I mean, I think that would, be, that would be easy to do if you just want to add your own, your own tracks from a CD. Um, adding your own recombinant music might be a little tougher because you'd have to just add a bunch of like tiny loops. Um, my composer said it was the toughest thing, the toughest task he'd ever had because he didn't know he didn't have any idea what it was going to sound like until he put it in our engine. But as far as like putting in your own, you know, if you want <laughs> if you want to like you know create a cigarettes or, or something like that, um, I think that would be a great idea. It seems like it would be pretty easy to implement. I'm just saying because once it goes on the retail market, the first thing people would ask is, hey, can I be able to download, you know? whatever music to it as far as I'm concerned and, and, and experience it with that. So. That'd be great. We'd love to release like, um, like downloadable recombinant packs um, and then the ability to use your own, your own tracks would definitely be something I would, I would love to do. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun and um, I do want to thank you for your time with us today and I just really have the greatest hopes because songlines I think being someone a father of two kids, I know we'd have a lot of fun with this for a long, long time. So, plus, it looks like you're very up and up and active. So, I, I think that's definitely a plus. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're we're very excited. We worked very hard on it. And one more thing, as when I'm flying out there, I can't just like lay a doo doo on Nick if he's like way below me. Can I? That's downloadable content. Oh, okay, fair enough. Coming later, not for families. Thank you. That was a good save, Samantha. <laughs> Um, well, thank you very much, Samantha. We wish the best. We, I, I think this will be a very, very successful title. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for coming by. And uh, remember, you heard it first at uh, www.yourgamesource.com. And uh, until we uh, get you guys later, thanks. I love it. Anyway, so I'm Ramiro Corbetta. I'm, uh, I made this game called Hokra. 
Uh, it's I've made everything but the audio. Uh, the audio is by Nathan Tompkins, who's standing over there. Uh, he did all the sounds and audio design and all that. Uh, I originally made this for uh, the the NYU Game Center in New York. Uh, they have a yearly exhibition called No Quarter, uh, and they commission uh, a few game developers. Uh, they ba uh, they basically give us some money and say make whatever you want, which is great. Uh, and so I, I I I made this game. It's a it's a minimalist sports game. Uh, I, I I definitely made it with the public space in mind because uh, I because basically at No Quarter they have a. Uh, no, and no, and no quarter has an opening party, and uh, I knew that the first time it was going to be played it was going to be played by a bunch of people in a, in, a, in a public space, and there'd be four people playing, and probably like ten or fifteen people watching. So I was trying to make something that's both like pick up and play and very watchable, but at the same time something that has enough depth that at least to me, I mean, I, I still play it with my friends uh, and people who played it a bunch, and we still find new tactics, and we're still actually, you know, if it still feels competitive among. I don't know if hardcore players the right word since the game's not even out, but uh, people who've played it a bunch, uh, people who've been playtesting with me for a long time. Uh, so basically, the goal of the game is uh, there, there are four goals, uh, two green and two purple. It's a, it's a two and two game. There are two green guys and two purple guys. Uh, and the, the green people are trying to hold the ball in the green goal, and the purple people are trying to hold the ball in the purple goal. Uh, whenever the ball is in your goal, it slowly fills up with squares. Uh, whoever fills up the entire goal first wins. Uh, it's it. The movement is just left analog stick, and the A is the only button. Uh, so if you don't have the ball, you tap A and you sprint. Uh, if you do have the ball, you can't sprint, so you move a little slower. Uh, and and uh, when you do have the ball, A passes. Uh, and the longer you hold A, the stronger the pass. Uh, and if you just bump into an opponent, you steal the ball from them. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 very straightforward. Very few rules. I mean, the, I was definitely going for a minimalist kind of game, and there's a minimalist look to it. Uh, so why a minimalist sports game? Well, so I play a lot of sports games, and I, I, I think FIFA, for example, is a great game, and that was definitely an influence for this. Uh, but it's really hard to get my friends to play FIFA. It's hard to get my non-gamer friends to play FIFA. It's pretty much just as hard to play, get my hardcore gamer friends to play FIFA, because like, there are the FIFA players, or people who are into soccer, football, you know, uh, and people who follow soccer, and then there's gamers, and like, basically sports games are not played by them. And I, I just wanted to, I don't know, I, I wanted to try something different within the sports realm. And sports games are getting more and more realistic, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I, I think they're doing a great job and sports games are getting better and better. But they're getting more and more made for a niche audience. So, I, I don't know, I wanted to make a sports game that, that non-sports fans can enjoy. So, why do, you, why do you think it's so hard to get your friends to play it? To play FIFA? Yeah, or, well, or to play sports games in general. Well, okay, FIFA, I mean, when I play, there's, I think FIFA has seven buttons that you can press, and then there's a modifier button that you hold, and then each button does a different thing once you press it. And, I mean, that's, I mean, that's fairly true for a lot of games. I mean, if you play Halo, I think every single button on the Xbox is used, including yes. the clicky things. And that's pretty hard, first of all. Second of all, FIFA, there's, there, there's a bit of a, like, a, I'm the big soccer player fantasy thing in FIFA. Like we often think that games like you know like Halo and Call of Duty have very much like a teenage male fantasy, but but FIFA kind of has a fantasy too, where I feel like I'm the soccer player that I grew up watching, and like I'm just as cool as he is. And and that's if you're not into sports, that's not a fantasy you have, and that kind of destroys it. So uh, I don't know. I think making something that's not based on a real sport uh, kind of takes away that like the the fantasy is not the same anymore. It's just it's just about the simple rules of the game. We are uh, with Eric here uh, uh, over at uh, Indie Games. Eric? Hi, how's it going, guys? 
is called uh, Evaluate That Win. Our developer name is called Arkin Games, but most people call us Arson. It looks like that, so no big deal. But yeah, Arkin Games. We're a team of five. Um, three of us in North Carolina, one of us in Georgia, and myself in Los Angeles. See, we're, we're, lucky, we're lucky enough to talk to one of the five. <laughs> That's true. So tell us a little bit more. Um, why is the Valley Without Wind something that people should definitely look forward to on the indie scene? It's a unique title. Uh, it's a procedurally generated 2D side-scroller. Our elevator pitch for it is that it's kind of a Super Nintendo game on steroids. Um, we're, we're trying to... We, we liked old games like Metroid. We liked old games like Zelda. But it, they were um, we didn't like the fact that they only had certain solutions to them. And that's, once they figured it out, they were already... That's it. And also we hated that they, uh, the games ended. Um, so we wanted to create something that was procedurally generated that had a lot of um, choice to it. And we want something that you could play forever and ever, ever if you really liked it. Um, it's, it is infinite. Um, there is a metagame in game to it. But once you complete that, you move on to the next continent, essentially, and take that on. And there's new things there. It's like a new game plus, new monsters, new terrain, new characters, all that. So as far as just game mechanic and operability and things of that nature, and can... Um in, you know, obviously with competitors like Nexon and things like that with side-scrolling titles, what chemistry and format does your game present that's going to be different and more, and, and I don't want to say more innovative, but innovative to that type of... Sure. I mean, when you when you look at our title at first glance, um, I think it really gets cheated because it looks like just a regular old 2D side-scroller, but we are strategy developers at heart. Um, we've added a lot more to it than that. Um, it's got a lot of adventure aspects to it and a lot of character customization aspects to it that you would not normally see in platformers. There's 40-plus um, different spells in the game right now. We're going to keep adding that. You can customize whatever you want. It's elementals versus uh, different kinds of elemental weaknesses and strengths versus the enemies. Um, lots of different... Uh, Monsters, that variety will continue to increase. Um, we as developers work not quite as game developers, more like software developers in the sense that our product is never finished. We're at 1.0, we're beyond that. Our game's on Steam right now. We're about to release a free content update that's going to basically double the monster count that's in the game and stuff. And we're going to continue to do that as long as the player community supports that. So for the next two years, if that is supported, for the next 10 years, if it's supported, we will continue to build out the game. It has really good. It's solid where it is right now, but the potential pool is also just huge, and we want to keep making it. So, I mean, do you anticipate there being, um, uh, or, I guess, do you intend on having like a regimen, um, kind of similar to the way, uh, I guess, World of Warcraft works, yeah. where you'll be releasing consistent, like every six months or 12 months, be releasing consistent up, up to give you content? Yeah, sure, to give you a, like a, um, a look at what, what we've been doing, since we released on April 24th, we've released 49 beta patches since that point. So we are programmers that are nuts. I mean, they, they program all the time, every day. Um, we're not just looking for bug fixes and stuff. It's an open-world game, so those do occur when we release uh, uh, things, and we're always looking for them. We will never let a title obviously sit with a bad bug or anything like that. Um, that's the joy of developing for PC Mac, is that you don't have to go through a console situation where you have to get certified, or you have to pay for an update or something like that. You can do that by yourself. You can let the community have a better version of your game. And that's okay, you know, so that's something we really push. But at the same time, we can add so much more content to the situation. And also, um, you know, we've been in development for 16 months already. Uh, we, got, we hit beta in October, and we hit 1.0 in April, like I said. And, again, those are just points on the line for us. Um, the game is already offers 30 hours to 100 hours of content, but we, we want people to be able to play 500 hours in and still see something new that they haven't seen before, you know? Which is a nice concept, and I think in a lot of ways, you know, uh, major major players like World of Warcraft and even Swartor, even with this recent release, are suffering from that at burnout, yeah. in essence. Absolutely, and that's, that's where the procedural generation comes in. That's where the open world aspect comes in, is that you choose how to take on the continent. And basically, the, the metagame, which I've been sort of beating around the bush at, but I haven't told you guys yet, is about 
this overlord, this evil overlord who has taken over the entire continent, and you have to defeat him. How do you want to do that? That's up to you. You choose. I mean, you could actually walk up to his lair and go, let's go at level one. It probably won't work out for you very well, but you can do that, you know, like, and you can have a pea shooter versus the guy who can just sweep kick you and murder you, but you can try that, you know? Like, if you really want to try to never get hit and go at him for an hour and a half, you can do that, you know? There's other ways to make him on your level and, jo- and, and raise up to his, his level through, um, not through leveling up, but through a tier system where you actually beat bosses and then the whole world gets more difficult as you defeat those key bosses, essentially, so. So do you, now, do you have uh, particular job classes and things of that nature you're able to choose from? Um, the NPCs actually do because you work in a settlement, so it actually has some civilization elements to it, too. You build up your settlements up, and they have we have jobs like Lumbermancer is one, and uh, there's like five different NPCs that have different jobs that you can build up, and they can help you and aid you in strengthening yourself to take on the uh, Overlord. The characters themselves... The way the world works is that the um, time itself was kind of shattered and put back together. So all these time uh, time areas, periods really, are right next to each other going, you're from 300 years in the past. You're from 400 years in the future. What are you doing here? Who cares? This whole world is trying to kill us. Let's just band together, you know, kind of thing. Um, so you have all these different characters from different er- eras. They all have uh, various stats every time you can reroll them, them up and stuff. But each uh, time period... And you actually also play these, like, Draconite-like sort of proto-human dragon-type characters as well as uh, robots in the game, which are enemies and neutral in the game uh, that you can play. All of them have different special abilities as well. So um, each one has its own unique kind of ability that you can utilize, and other ones have their ups and downs and things like that sort. And, and like you were describing about the role, you know, your, the role system and job class system, um, at, any, at any point are you able to, like colonize and, and build up your own kind of community? That's the idea, is that you actually start in a settlement, and that's your home base, really. Um, you can continue to build out other settlements throughout the continent, and by doing that, you create wind shelters, because there's we call it a valley without wind, because that's not where you are. That's the goal of the game. Um, there's so much wind and rain everywhere, it's, it's treacherous, and it actually causes more monsters to appear for whatever reason. We haven't really revealed that in the lore yet, but that's kind of the lore there, um, is that storms create essentially more difficult, more you know, nasty monsters and more of them and, and such. So your idea is to try to kind of clear the storm out of the continent and then defeat the uh, the last uh, bosses hanging around who are clutching onto, like, basically the enslaving the land, essentially. Good deal. Now, if somebody wants to be able to go ahead and view as far demo or things of that nature or actually buy the, buy the game, sure. where could best? where's the best place they can find it? Okay, it's in um, several places, but the best place is probably either our store, arkangames.com. You can grab our demo as well. Uh, it is, we do have a demo. It is... Uh, it limits you to the first continent only, but that's about 15 to 30 hours of gameplay, so the demo is very uh, generous, I believe. And then um, you can buy the game on ArkinGames.com. You can also buy it on Steam. Um, and uh, I think the, de- the PC demo is on there as well. We're PC Mac, so we have a Mac demo as well on our site, but I don't think this, that demo is on the uh, on Steam. You can also get it at Gamersgate, uh, Impulse GameStop, and uh, Desura as well. Definitely look forward to it. It seems like, like I said, from what we've seen, it's already an awesome game. And with that kind of hours of gameplay, it's something that uh, I think I'm going to tear into for quite a long time. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, it looks to be a great game. We're actually going to hopefully have an opportunity to demo it here in just a second. So uh, uh, thank you very much, Eric. We appreciate your time. I really appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much. Okay, we're back, and this is Gerald from YourGameSource.com, and I'm here with Eric from Opportune Games. How are you doing today? It's fine, thanks. How's your E3 been going? Pretty good, pretty good. Lots of excitement. Well, um, today we're actually going to interview first off of Languish, is that correct? A yep. great iPad game. That's Is that available? Coming out? Coming out next year. Coming out next year? Okay. 
Tell us more. All right. So Languish is a philosophical flight simulator, which means basically means that as you're flying around this world, you've got two bases, ideas that represent negativity, judgment, criticism, and then on the other side of the world, you've got ideas representing freedom, creativity, all that good stuff. Okay? So you're piloting what's called a triple ship, and what it can do is pick up words. So these ideas, these bases, are shooting out words at you, and you can fly into them, pick them up, and make new ideas out of those words. So here I just made mistakes prevent quality, okay? That's kind of a judgmental statement. True. We'll see what we can do with that. Okay, so when you pick up an idea, the spheres in the world turn red when they're vulnerable to it. So I'm going to fly over to this one here and fire by tapping the right half of the screen. Okay, I disabled it. Turned blue. So basically what I'm trying to do is weaken all the judgmental ideas, disable them, and strengthen all the positive ones. If they disable mine, I'm toast. Okay? So that's the basic concept of the game. Now, looking at it, um, as far as what type of words, or if you're playing it, what type, what's your best strategy to go about as far as making the best type of word arrangement uh, possible? Right. So you want to take the, the negative concepts and contradict them. So, for example, let's find judgment. Okay, we're not into judgment here. So we're going to fly into that, and we're going to say judgment prevents, and then let's find something good. Let's see. By the way, I wanted to make uh, let you know that the game looks exquisite. Beautiful, gorgeous graphics on that. Judgment prevents importance. All right, so we've just said something bad about judgment. That means we can use that phrase to go attack the judgment idea, which is over here. It's red. So we're flying over there. We'll get a little boost here. Tap to fire. Great. We, we weakened it a little bit. We do that a few more times. We'll take it out completely. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you said next year, any type of Q1, Q2 for the App Store can be looked to? Um, iOS, Android, and Mac and PC. Oh, sweet. All right. For, for everything. That's... Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Now, you have more games, uh, I've been told, as far as in the Opportune Stable. Please tell us more. Yes. So the other title that we're looking at is called Upgrade Soul. That's actually going to be out this summer. It's going to be out in just a couple months. I've been working for a few years on an engine that combines the language of comics with games. So comics and a game engine together. So I'm working with a graphic novelist out of Chicago. His name's Ezra Daniels, a brilliant guy. He's written this story about this elderly couple. They undergo this experimental procedure to rejuvenate their bodies. It goes horribly wrong. They end up with these clones of themselves, and it's a psychological battle that ensues. So basically what this piece does is it lets you stroke through the comics just by swiping from right to left. The panels are flowing by as you go. There's a 3D effect as you're tilting the device. So you see a kind of 3D parallax perspective going on. I see that, yes. There's an interactive soundtrack that follows the action. So every tap you do has a musical sound to it that really envelops you. It's very, very immersive and, and actually pretty scary when you get into kind of the depth of the story. But obviously, you know, if you're a real comic book fan, it should really be something that they should look towards, correct? Yeah. We really want to try to respect the comics medium. There's a lot of comic projects out there that kind of take it in a direction that we feel is like it's pushing a little bit too far. So we really want to respect multiple panel storytelling, all that good stuff that's brilliant about comics, but just tweak it a little bit in this new space. Now, would additional stories be available as DLC, or would it be something that as far as a separate game entirely? So it's a nine-chapter story. So we're going to do the first, chap first two chapters on our initial release. The first one will be free to download and it'll be uh, $2.99 after that and then we also want to do an anthology series that just kind of explores what's possible with this territory you know interactive comics game engine what can you do there so short little pieces that we can use to just play and experiment 
Uh, looks like an awesome game. I'm telling you, Eric, you've got two great products. Uh, it just uh, the polish on it. Um, and how soon would this be coming also as well in the App Store? I'm sorry. Uh, upgrade soon will be out this this summer, summer 212. Fair enough, fair enough. Got that. I was trying to get that, and you know, I was. 2013 as far as it's concerned, but yes, you've got two great products come down the pike. I do want to thank you and Opportune for uh, taking the time out to see us here at YourGameSource.com. It's been our pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's, once again, that's Eric from Opportune Games from your leader, YourGameSource.com. The humanoid must not escape. All right, we're back. YourGameSource.com. It's Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives. I'm coming back, and we're here to see the Moonlighters from Rad Dragon. And I've got Teddy and Mike here. Uh, Mike, uh, did you want to start off? Tell us a little bit more about the Moonlighters. As far as I'm concerned, it's not going to have Jackie Gleason in it, is, is it, mind you? <laughs> no, uh, it is set in the 1950s, though. It's a heist action game about a group of entertainers, kind of like the Rat Pack, who, you know, when rock and roll hits and things go south, they resort to pulling heists to maintain their high-luxury lifestyle and stay relevant. Very interesting. Very interesting. Tell us more, Teddy. They, um, they all started in this heist movie together, right? So they figure, like we did it in the movies, we could probably do it for real. And they, they're, they're, they're wrong about it. Like, they're terrible. Uh, but they get better as you go along, and that's kind of the idea, is you pull a series of heists. Okay. Okay. Um, what, as far as it's concerned, when it goes up, or is it available already? If I didn't forget to ask that. No, it's, right now it's just available here at Indicade uh, as part of the conference. Uh, and, and it might be available again, at least to play, at the Indicade conference in October. Um, but, yeah, right now we're in discussions to try to figure out what the lead platform is going to be. We'd like to get it on a console for a download, either XBLA or PlayStation. Because I, I, I was noticing on the edge you had the controller right there for it. I was, like, uh, thinking XBLA for it. So. We are, that, is, that is not a promise, but uh, it's one of the platforms we'd like it to be on. We, we kind of yeah. want it as developers to be on. Like, we want games like this on our consoles. So. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, and we're, you know, here at Indicate trying to raise awareness and you know, get people excited about the game, and we've, you know, publishers no choice but to uh, want this game on their, on their consoles. Well, I finally got Corey off of a valley. He finally came out of the valley without wind from Arkin Games. Um, now you're going to go in the Moonlighters, my friend. So take it away, if if you can. If, if Yeah. So, because, uh, so the way that the game works, I'll talk a little bit about it as we get started, uh, is... Um, it works just like a heist movie. So if you're familiar with the genre, like uh, the team all gathers around the night before, you know, around the table, and they're talking through the plan. And as they're explaining the heist step by step, the the, the film will start intercutting with the actual heist, right? It'll it'll show you what they're doing. Um, so we do the same thing in the game. You cut back and forth between the night before, where we present you with what you need to do, and you pick someone from your team, and uh, actually doing it. That's awesome, uh, really, and and it already looks really polished from just from what I can see as far as the footage here. Um, as far as any more developed time, do you think you need as far as the concern before you can make it, or is it is it pretty much a good to go product? No, I mean this this first we call it like a pilot episode is pretty polished up, but um, we've got thirteen heists in the full game that we'd like to do. So would it be, if you were to be able to put it on a platform as far as of your choice, would it be as far as segmented, as far as it's concerned, different segments customers can buy, or would it be all in one package? Well, I think we either, um, I think we'd prefer just to kind of keep it as one thing, but it also would work 
pretty well because you end up jumping from Las Vegas to Hollywood to New York, so we could break it up by city. Because the only reason I'm saying it is because I see a lot as far as downloadable titles now becoming an episodic content. So I just wanted to make sure that's something that, that had already crossed your minds as far as the concern. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it would definitely be possible to do that with this game. It's kind of television-inspired and broken up into these little episodes. Each heist is kind of its own episode, so... Yeah, it's, it's very much formulated after, like, uh, ensemble cast TV shows. We wanted to make something where you play as an entire cast. You get different perspectives as you go. Well, I've seen those old Heights movies when, you know, either uh, trying to plan out a, a New York uh, a bank robbery or a Vegas-type uh, type deal, so I could definitely see the fun as far as that's concerned. Um, well, guys, I just wanted to thank you again for telling us more a little about uh, about the Moonlighters. And once again, that's Rad Dragon uh, Moonlighters. It's a great game. I hope when it gets out that you get the chance to play it. It's a lot of fun. And Mike and Teddy, I want to thank you again for your time. This is Gerald from YourGameSource.com. Thank you again, gentlemen. I appreciate it. And we're back at the YourGameSource.com coverage of E3 2012. And we're here with Jeremy Gibson from the USC School of Cinematic Arts and with his new game, Coalesce. Okay, great. So Coalesce is a pretty simple uh, concept that's just sort of taken uh, as far as I can take it. Um, so right here, basically what you do is you draw a single line between two or more orbs of the same color to coalesce them together. So I got two there, three here. If you get one in there that's a different color, it actually shatters back into the original components. So, which at this level is not a big deal. Um, but as you get more colors and uh, more different orbs, it actually becomes a little bit more challenging. Um, you can also sort of tap to push things around. Um, we'll do that. And then there's a few other uh, mechanics that come in. You'll see there's a wall in the next level that um, actually sort of blocks the, uh, the lines you're drawing. Uh, it was a mistake. So if you don't yeah. do it correctly, it actually separates them as It well. just separates them back into the original one. So it's not that big a deal to not do it correctly, right? Um, so with this, uh, I have to draw around the wall because the wall will, like, break any line I try and draw through it. Right? Um, so there we go. And then the real fun thing to do with this, I'm actually going to go ahead and skip ahead a little bit for you guys. Uh, go back to the main menu. We pick meditation mode, say, like, level 6. Now we can actually all play at the same time because it's multi-touch enabled. Really? So this is something that I'll frequently like grab coffee with somebody and just put this down on the table in between us and we'll all just kind of be playing while we're talking. So you guys are more than welcome to jump in here. So Jerry, what are, what's the, um, I guess what's the, the, the time and the development process of, to, to make something uh, unique like this? Because it really truly is unique. It's something that I think... Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So originally this was a, an idea in 2007. Um, I was hanging out with some people over the weekend and we were thinking about water filtration. And this was a game about water filtration. Um, and then, uh, like, sort of from that, you know, we played around with it then, but it just it doesn't feel as satisfying with a mouse and that kind of thing as it does actually on a touchpad like this. So as soon as I saw that, you know, the iPad had come out, I was like, oh, God, I have to port this. But I was teaching full-time, and so it was really hard to do. But we had a 24-hour game jam, and so in 24 hours I got the core, like really raw core gameplay working. And then uh, now that classes are over, I've actually had about a month to do some polish on this and play around with different game modes. Um, luckily I was developing Unity, so it's actually really fast to develop, and I can cross-compile to the PC or the, the iPad or, the, uh, or Android or whatever. Um, 
And uh, so I've been working on this in earnest for about a month, and I'm hoping to spend the rest of the summer on this, and uh, then hopefully going to release at the end of the year. Yeah. Great. Uh, what new things... Um do you plan on adding any additional content other than Absolutely. what's already? So, I mean, you, see, you saw the, like, one wall, and you can imagine there could be, like, creatures that move through the space. You know, you can imagine that you'd, you'd actually be trying to merge sort of several different colors together to create something new or different. You know, you could, you could create flowers, you could create planets, all sorts of stuff like that. Also talking about a, a puzzle mode that would be almost like, uh, actually, I can help you out of that. Oh, sorry. So, like, if you have a second person come in and tap, it can push the one out of there. Yeah. So we're actually also talking about, like, a, a puzzle mode that would be almost like Tangram-like, where you see a silhouette, and you're trying to merge a bunch of different shapes together to form that silhouette, which I think could be really cool, right? And it's all the same, just sort of, uh, you know, same really, uh, you know, basic mechanic of just drawing, oh, yeah, the battery's low, whatever, just drawing a line and, uh, and sort of using that to merge things together and just playing around with all the different things you can do with that. So No, I mean, absolutely. Like I said, it, uh, Gerald, I think, Gerald, you you would agree. Uh, I think it's a very unique concept. and um, Absolutely. And the way it can interact with different people just by placing it on the ground, like you said, during coffee or whatnot, yeah, yeah. Um, it creates a whole lot of interest for a lot of people. Now, what's the time frame as far as getting approved maybe for an app as far as for... I'm, hoping, I'm basically going to be working on it through the end of August and then I'm hoping to after that, go through the approval process. And so maybe fourth quarter, we'd be able to actually get it also, out. Also, if I may ask, what, what do you uh, anticipate the price point being? Do you think it'll be a... My current concept is to give away like this mode for free and then have unlocks to unlock the other modes. Maybe unlock all the other modes for, you know, 99 cents or a couple of bucks. You know, I'm also, I've been working with a few different composers and I would love to have different music packs be able to be downloaded for this. There's, you know, right now, because we're at E3 and we've got this wonderful music already, you know, I didn't bring any music into it, but, you know, we can do things like have it merge on beat. We can have particles that move with the beat. Things like that, I think, would be really fun things to have in the game. Now, do you think, yeah. are you going to have a, a selective soundtrack, or do you think you're, you'll make it something that maybe you can import, like, you know, for instance, on your iPhone, you may be so able to it use would your definitely own come with it, it would definitely come with its own soundtrack. However, um, my composer happens to be a pretty good programmer as well, and he's been telling me that he has worked on projects where he actually pulls the waveform of what's going through the speaker and reacts to it. So then we actually could do beat analysis through like a Fourier transform or whatever, and and actually like get the beat and actually move to whatever music someone was playing. So hopefully that's possible. That's that's a little bit beyond my math skills, but that's you know something I think would be really really cool. Yeah. That sounds like yeah, sounds real good with a lot of promise. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Check it out. Really and uh, let me assure you, as a proud iPad owner and an iPhone user myself, uh, this will definitely be a game I download uh, immediately as soon as it comes out. So, Man, I, I <laughs> no problem. Look forward to it, and we thank you again for uh, having taken the time to talk to us. So, absolutely. Thank you. Guys so thank much. you very much for yeah. your time. Take care. Yahoo! You're all clear, kid. E3 2012, everyone. Come on, let's go here. E3, 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 E3. It's here now. It's We're here in L.A. We're here, yourgamesource.com. Follow us, like us, watch us. We appreciate you being a part of this podcast. And, uh, guys, let's go in and attack E3.